and welcome to the Real Life Sports Show. This podcast is for sports fans, whether you're playing it, interested in it, or looking to learn from high achievers. My name is Sam Adams. I'm known as the Real Life Coach. I'm a business owner and a life coach, and I work with sports professionals, athletes, coaches, and people in and around the industry. I help those people live more expansively, more authentically, so that they can enhance their performance, whether that's playing their game or living their real life. My background is in business. I've been in business for over 20 years in property. I've mentored and coached in that industry, and that led me into being a life coach. I'm super passionate about sports, and that's what led me to working in that industry and creating this podcast. In this podcast, I'm going to be talking to some amazing human beings, some elite athletes and people from that industry. We're going to be talking about the glory, the glamour, the achievements and the medals. But we're also going to go to the real life bit, behind the scenes, what it really takes to excel. We're going to talk about the guts, the determination, the grit and the grime. For you, the listener, you're going to get some great takeaways and insight, whether you're looking to achieve for yourself around your mindset or your personal development. This is the podcast for you. So if you enjoy the podcast, I'd love for you to leave me a five-star review and any comments you have. So here we go, the Real Life Sports Show. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Yes, you are listening to The Real Life Sports Show. My name is Sam Adams, as you hopefully probably already know. And today I'm joined with an an amazing guest who I met on Clubhouse not that long ago. When she popped up on the screen, I was all over that like a rash. I'm like, I need to get you on my podcast. Um, So today I'm very delighted to say that I'm joined by the amazing Kay Rawlings. So good morning to you and good afternoon to me. <laughs> How are you doing? Good morning. good morning. Yeah, it's nine o'clock in the morning here. So and two o'clock for me. For those that don't know, I'm just going to, you are the founder of Orlando City. You're the president of Orlando City Foundation. Is that right? Have I got that right? Yes. Which is have. an NWSL soccer team across the pond in the States. Um, but as people are probably going to hear you speak in a minute, you don't sound like you're from across the pond. <laughs> so welcome anyway. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be here. So obviously originally not from uh, America. You've got a very British accent there. Yeah. So originally from Stoke-on-Trent. Um, so one of five kids um, grew up um, obviously in Stoke. And as you know, you know, everyone in England, well, in Britain, sports mm. football. Yes. Um, no, it, it's the sport and I know there's others but it's the one sport that you know everyone gets excited around um, mm. so it's it's in my blood if you like yeah um, it's a national game isn't it I think most countries yeah. have their national game for us yes, it's football exactly. isn't it yeah yeah and you know and, <laughs> and being a Stokes being a Stoke City fan by the way you know talk about having ups and downs <laughs> but people here in america are amazed when i say you know they were formed in 1863 so they're one of the um founders of the league 1863 um they've been around such a long time and you know that's one of the things in america things are still so new yeah yeah but how i mean look how did you did you grow up sort of yeah because i don't you know i'm 53 I played all sorts of sports. Um, I'm a huge sports fan. Um, it was really difficult for me to play football. I couldn't play it in school. Um, I did athletics. That's all I could do, really. So when I sort of came out of um, school, I found a football team. I don't I remember how it happened. I mean, it was a grubby old thing. There was eight of us in a car to get to a game. It was all illegal. You know, there weren't no seatbelts or anything. Somebody was probably even in the boot. Do you know what I mean? And we pulled together a team. It was... It was all a mishmash. Some people had a little bit of kit. Most people didn't really have anything and some scruffy old boots. Um, and I just wanted to be involved in any sport, to be honest. That was me growing up as a kid. What, what about for you? Was it sport? Was it in your blood or was it? Yeah, sport, sport, sport all the way. Um, I When I um, went to high school, it was a, um, it had been a grammar school, mm. a boy- school so it had amazing facilities so we had our own swimming pool we had tennis courts wow. track 
um, rugby fields, everything. Yeah. Um, so I pretty much played every single sport. So, you know, every lunchtime um, there would be a practice for something after school, there would be practice for something else. Um, I mean, my favorite, well, I swam for my school, I played tennis, mm. uh, but my favorite was hockey. So, and, and for Americans who are listening, that's field hockey, not ice hockey. Yeah, we don't have the distinction here because we don't need it. It's no, just hockey. No, no. <laughs> yeah, it's just hockey. Um, yeah. I loved hockey and I was, the, the team I was on all through high school was almost unbeatable. So that was such a great um, thing to be around, the teamwork, the just the, the fun and camaraderie that we, that we had. And obviously it helps when you're always winning. Yeah, um, for sure, for sure. Um, but one of my one of my friends at the time was um, her and her family were the Stoke City fans. Mm. They took me to a game um, and I was hooked. Um, and especially one of the funny things for me was watching her mom, who was this very proper, um, you know, English lady, lose her. <laughs> shit. You can swear it's fine. I swear yeah. a lot. So. <laughs> uh, she would lose. Shit. And I was like, who is this person? Like, she's just transformed. She would be screaming at the players and just going absolutely crazy. And that was that was it. Um, yeah. And you know, through the rest of my my time in England, um, I went to games. You know, away games too. Had a yeah. great friends, and we would an, an away day in Britain is one of the best things. Like, I love it because you they would pick out the route to, to wherever we were going, whichever team we were playing, and they would pick out the, the good, they'd go in the good beer guide <laughs> and check to see which, which pub we should check out on the way. And some of them were in these obscure little tiny <laughs> uh, but it was always so much fun. Yeah, uh, that's part of the fun. For us, as I said, my grassroots sort of playing football days, it was like on the way back, it was like, which pub are we going to stop at? You know, it was... yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a big part of life. <laughs> it, well, it is in any sport. And and you are transformed. You know, when I, you know, I get very passionate about my sports. And um, yeah, I, I'm a jump out of the chair kind of person and scream at the telly if it's the TV or if I'm in a stand. I, I do get very, but I think a lot of people do. We're very passionate, aren't we, about our sport? Well, and I think it's that it's why so many people see it as an outlet, mm. you know, you've maybe had a frustrating week at work or, you know, things aren't going so great. Mm. You watch the game, you're with your friends, you're with people, you're in your tribe. Yeah. Around you mm. understands your love for that team. Um, and then you can just go crazy for 90 minutes and, yeah. and you know, get some of that frustration. Uh, for sure. Some- now yeah yeah and I think that's what one of the things that I'm really passionate about is is women in sport the visibility of women in sport us all having a level playing field fairness and equality and I think you know for me as a kid I had you know I had my childhood was okay but I, I was abused as a child so my only outlet because I wasn't academic was sport and I would do track and field in school and I was belonged to a club outside of um, school as well and that was my saving grace in all honesty. It really was my outlet for the inner frustrations that no one knew that I had for me to just get rid of it. Um, and one of the things that makes me incredibly sad and still here we are 2021 is that some young women and young girls don't see sport as something that, it, it, well, that, that that's for just for boys or, you know, that it, and one of the things for me is it's like, it's okay to get sway. It's okay to go there and be physical and, and be a bit more masculine. And because that will really actually help you. Um, and sadly, a lot of young girls get to a certain age and then they, they lean away from it because they don't want to get hot, sweaty and bothered and build muscles. So they think or whatever. And, and I want to change that. that. That's one of the things I'm passionate about, but also we need it to be seen in order to, for it to be, to educate people and for other people, young girls and women to understand that this is okay for, you know, you can go and do that. And yeah, you can come off the pitch and you can be a mum, a beautician or whatever. Um, and you can still do these, these things. So I totally get what you were saying about, you know, we go there and it's a good outlet for us. It's a great outlet and sport is so good for us physically, but more importantly, mentally to get rid of those frustrations and, and to boost us as well. So just to give you a little potted thing about why I'm so passionate about it. But 
you know, this pod, sorry, go on. No, you're good, carry on. Uh, no, what I really want to talk to you about, because obviously, you know, you're a founder of Orlando City Soccer, um, you know, football, as we call it across the pond, and you call it soccer, you know, here, like you said, it's, it's been here for, it feels like forever. It's our national game. But over there with you guys, it's a very new sport, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so MLS is still um, 26, 10 years old. So mm. still very young. And, yeah. and NWSL, the Women's League, has had several iterations where it's been around and then it's mm. it, and then it's been around and then it failed. Um, so, you know, we're in a really good space right now with NWSL. Mm. Uh, but it's, you know, in, in contrast, and, and it's one of the kind of dichotomies in a way, one of, one of the contrasts is the women's national team have been incredibly yeah. successful. And yet the league has, has stuttered and, and has struggled. Mm. Uh, contrast that with, you know, the guys of... <laughs> let's just say they've struggled <laughs> yeah, nationally yeah it's been challenging for them and yet MLS has done a really great job um and I think one of the things they um had a, a kind of a light bulb moment over was who were they who were they uh, marketing to mm. and at the very beginning of of MLS they were really kind of targeting soccer families so, you know, kids who were already going to practice two or three yeah. times a week and, um, and, you know, they weren't getting the attention and the, the attendance that they wanted. And they started going after millennials. Mm. And that was the game changer over here because all of a sudden there was this generation who were connected, who could be in a chat room of talking about Liverpool in you know Africa, in France, and in Liverpool, and you can all be on the chat room, but all talking about your team. Mm. Uh, played FIFA. Never underestimate how important that was because a lot of kids in, in America learned the rules through FIFA. Mm. They learned about the international game. They learned players, um, and I think they they wanted something for themselves. So if you obviously baseball here is 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 a big game, mm. and you would your dad and probably your granddad too um you know and obviously american football but for this generation this was a sport they could embrace and take on and make their own make their own missions you know we have a a march to the match which is i mean off the charts incredible um i'll send you some video about it but it's they they gather um kind of away from the stadium and then they march with drums and like smoke flares and flags. I love that. <laughs> it's amazing. It's really, really cool. But that that's very organic. It, it was yeah. something they did all by themselves. And so I think that's that's contributed definitely to the success over here mm. is having that younger generation who um you know they're they're earning and they're you know they can spend their money, but they they managed to find a sport that that they could mold and make their own Mm. Uh, so I think for NWSL that's the next challenge it's fine it's it's us finding out who we should be marketing to who are who is our audience yeah there and who how do we get them in the seats and and again it's that strange um (laughs) here's a here's a quick example so we know our social media engagement for for Orlando Pride Mm is off the charts. Like we have amazing social engagement. You know, we launched our jersey last week, literally launched it into space mm-hmm. um, and had this incredible um, outpouring and, and, you know, people engaging all over the place. Um, but unfortunately at the moment, it still doesn't translate into getting thousands and thousands of people into the stadium. Right. Um, so that's our next kind of puzzle that we, we have to solve. Yeah, absolutely. It's and it's a tricky one. It's so interesting that you know I've become more and more uh, fascinated with the women's game um, here, which is doing great. Uh, mm. and, and but in America, because I've grown up watching the women's national team and seeing them kill it. You know, they've been killing it, 
Um, and yet you've had all of these, and I, and I don't understand it all because obviously I'm not on, on the ground over there about all of the different versions of a women's league that you've had. How, how many have there been? Do you know? How many um, times have they tried to get it off the ground? I think this is the third right. thing, I think. Yeah. Okay. And how yeah. long has this been going? Um, I think we're seven, maybe eight years into it now, which is great. Mm. Yeah, for, <laughs> fantastic. And have Orlando been a part of it for that whole time? No, we joined in 2016. So we, we, we started the team in 2011. Mm. Uh, the uh, the the MLS team. Um, yeah. We started in United Soccer Leagues, so they're the second tier of of soccer in this this country. Mm. Um, we were a, a USL team for four years, so between mm. 2011 and 2014, and um, we won everything. Like we kept winning the league, we won the playoffs, we did really well. Mm. Um, we we became an excuse me an MLS team in 2015. Mm. Um, played our first game, Camping World Stadium. We had 62 and a half thousand people, which was off Great. the chart. Yeah. Crazy. And the very next year was when we we started with Orlando Pride. So 2016. Um, Alex Morgan was was obviously one of our first signings. Um, yeah. You know, we have Ashlyn, we have Ali. We have obviously Marta, who is like just a phenom. Um, <laughs> you don't need to say her as her name. A lot of these players, you, well, for me, maybe for some of the other listeners, but I obviously, you know, Alex Morgan and all yeah. of that, and I, I know yeah. them, but Marta, globally, yeah. everyone knows who Marta is. <laughs> yeah. So we, you know, um, we haven't had the success on the field that we would like yet. Mm. Uh, it's coming for sure. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's always hard building a team you know, from scratch and, mm. and trying to figure out this league. And, you know, I, I think one of the things when players come here from, especially from Europe, is getting your arms around the travel. So, you know, we can play on a weekend, Seattle. Yeah. That you've gone through two, cha- two time changes and it's taken you probably almost as long as it would to fly to England. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so those are, those are challenges and not obviously not just for us. That's every team has those Mm. challenges. I I guess it might be easier if, if you're in the middle and you've only got to go East or West, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) but it, it, it makes it harder. And I'm sure at some point we're already in, in, um, gosh, what's the word divisions. Yeah. So the East and West. So you most, so you mostly play all the teams um, on your side of the uh, of the country. Mm. Uh, just a couple of games a year that where you'll cross over, and then there's a you know a, a, a kind of a competition at the end where the top teams play each other. But um, yeah, the the travel is a, is a really hard one, um, and that's something where, especially now, if you think about the technology that has changed the game. Um, and I grew up in the era where they would come off at half time and have a cigarette. Yes. When you, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> when you think about that now, you, it's just shock horror. Like, how is that even a thing? Yeah. Whereas now, you know, they have GPS trackers, we know their heart rate, we know how far they've run in a game, mm. and they have built for them their own fitness plan. Um, mm. And so one of the things I know for athletic trainers uh, and, and their team is factoring that in when you're, when you're traveling a, away, you know, how do, what do you eat? What should you eat? You know, what kinds of, th- how do you help them get through the, you know, the time lag piece as well? So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's a definite, yeah, challenge. I'm not a great traveler, so um, <laughs> glad. Well, I would love to be playing right now, quite frankly, you know, I wish I was... 30 years younger and playing it would be an incredible experience to be playing in these times that we're in <clears throat> tell me about in the in the women's league how, how many teams um participate in each uh east and west then how many are in each division for, for the women no there's only one right so they they have to do the whole country for the yeah, how, yeah, yeah. how many teams are in the in the league there's there's nine and then we've got one um coming in 
next year. So we have a new team coming in, Angel City. Yeah, I'm very, I'm all very aware of Angel City. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's generated quite a bit of excitement. Um, it's always great when a new team comes in because that means your league is growing and yeah. that you're going in the right direction. Um, and this one, I feel like there's a lot of strong um, female personalities who are going to help um, instigate some some change. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think there's, I think that's going to be one of the the exciting things um next year is having them come in they're already kind of making waves um mm. <clears throat> excuse me and they're doing what i would say is they're, they're being really smart um they are already reaching out to teams to ask if they you know ask to talk with different departments how mm. do you do this? what do you do about that mm. so when we were um about to be mls um, we did the same thing. We went around and shadowed mm. teams. You know, we took a, a, a cohort of, of staff and spent a day or two days with another team mm. just to get an idea of, you know, what a day is like and, um, you know, how you, how you think about this. Um, same thing, actually, when we were building the stadium. So we designed and built our own stadium. And we went to all the clubs that had already done the same thing mm. and said, you know, what, what are the things you did that you're, you're like so glad you did? What are the things you did that mm. you think you didn't really need that? And what did you miss? What yeah. do you, wish? you know, because there's always something there's mm. always. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a really fun thing to do. And especially for us. And, you know, one of the things we've kept, foremost in our club is um is community and so we've involved our supporters mm. in everything including designing the stadium you know they're the ones who asked if they could have a standing section mm. which were the first ones to do it um you know obviously you and i probably probably you too i grew up standing on the mm. booth and um and then there was obviously the terrible tragedy and so all that went away mm. but many started bringing it back and we got permission to do it as well um but they <laughs> they're so funny so there if there's barriers in front of you um where you're standing and what they asked for was cup holders because <laughs> you can drink obviously in in, in stadiums here and yeah. so if you bought a beer that's however many dollars you know you don't want to spill it when you, you jump know. so they wanted that so so they have that they have the capo stands which um they're like little platforms that are built kind of out from the, the stand and are the, the leaders of um, the supporter group stand in them. They take it in turns two at a time and they lead the, the cheers and the noise. Oh, it's crazy. I love it. I, I want to come. I've, I'm, you're making me want to come even more. I'm already want to come next year because I've, I'm, I've been following the journey of Angel City Um and I want to come for their first game next year. And now you've explained your stadium, I'm definitely coming. Oh it sounds it's, amazing. Yeah, it's so much fun. It is. But I, and I think that's an important piece for a lot of teams is mm. keeping your supporters, um, you know, in your, in your head all the time. Mm. And, you know, we've done it when, when we broke ground for the stadium, um, you know, rather than have a lunchtime mayor and a few dignitaries standing around with you know the shovels yeah uh, we we did it in an evening um we marched from downtown to the new stadium site with drums and flares and flags and singing and then we we did the ceremony there and we'd flown in um 25 tons of purple sand wow and so everyone was given like a little ceremonial um like a glass Kind of jar thing so mm. you could go a scoop of the sand and take it home and i see people all the time still who have them on That's their desk and i mean you know it was a it, it, it rather than a, a cup of dirty disgusting soil <laughs> <laughs> it was this purple sand um but the but again that was us knowing that the fans would want to be a part of, of this yeah. using um you know kind of milestone in our our journey 
Yeah, no, that's that's amazing to hear that. And of course, people do want to feel part of it and, you know, including them at every step of the way, they they, they feel a part of it and they're part of that journey and then they're less likely to step away and, and they, they stay for, for much longer. So it, it makes sense to do that. Sadly, a lot of clubs don't always do that. Um, you see that around Europe, but um, yeah, it's, it's a surefire way to just get, get them involved. Do you like this shirt? Do you like this color? What do you think about this design? What do you think about that design? What do you think about this font? What do you think? You know, get them involved, you know, in everything. Yeah. So they really feel a part of it. And that sounds like what you guys have been doing over there, which is an amazing job. Well, I also think the, you know, it's again, going to millennials and, and the generations that have come after, mm. uh, they're looking at companies and organizations that they support to have some kind of social responsibility. Mm. So they, they, you know, we know how people get attached to a, a brand because they understand what's behind it and they mm. like the values of that company. You know, Tom's is a, you know, a, a classic example. Mm. Um, and so for us, again, you know, it, it was finding things in the community that we were passionate about, but we could also get our fans involved in um, yeah. and great supporters of our foundation. Um, you know, we do free programming in a lot of the really underserved areas um, in, in Orlando where kids want to play team sports, but unfortunately they're priced out of it here. It's, yeah. it's more expensive to, to play for kids here. Right. So we provide um, all, everything that they could possibly need. We don't want there to be any barriers to those mm. kids, um, you know, being able to play the game. And that's been one of the things we've done is, is being able to get the supporters excited about that too and support us, whether mm. monetarily or whether coming and volunteering at an event we're doing, you know, whatever those, those kinds of things are, but it's, it's keeping them involved. And, you know, those are what, that's what helps sustain you through the tough times mm. um, and city and pride have both had some tough times on the field, but for the most part, we've retained our supporters. They're, they're do or die supporters now. Mm. Um, this is their team and they bleed purple or they, you know, <laughs> they bleed the, the blue of the pride. And it's um, you know, that, that those are the things that will sustain you through the tough times. Absolutely, yes. You ride or die. <laughs> they, they just come with yeah. you, whatever. doesn't matter yeah. whether you go in tough but times or not. I die. Yeah, yeah exactly. What, what's the differences then? Because you said it's a lot tougher for, it costs a lot more money for, for kids to get involved in the game there. Why is that? What's the differences compared to here? <clears throat> um, I think there's, there's a lot of travel. Mm. Um, you know, so you know, I could go on for hours about e soccer, so, and, and I, <laughs> only only because I think um, it's become all about the winning, right? Instead of about these kids having a good sport experience, okay. um, a lot of it's tied up in wanting scholarships, um, and there's a lot of sports scholarships out there, mm. um, and so parents wanting you know their kids to to play a sport so that that you know it helps with with school um they pay the coaches you know <laughs> and and when they travel the the team has to cover the travel costs as well so there, right. there's there's quite a lot of um money involved in it wow. uh, so yeah it's it's a tough one and, and, and it's uneasy not to crack and you know I'm by no means an expert because I didn't grow up here and neither did my kids mm. had kind of gone through that system um I just hear it from from other people um but like I say I just know the kids we work with and where our stadium is is a um traditionally African-American community mm. uh, who grew up with basketball football and baseball um and now they have a big giant um, soccer uh, stadium right in their neighborhood. Mm. Um, and so even before we built it, and obviously since then, we've gone about introducing the sport where and when we can, and that can be at a community center. We build what we call mini pitches, um, mm. football sports, whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, they're, they're little, they're about the size of a tennis court. Nice. You can play 
small-sided games on them and actually your skills grow pretty quickly because you get lots of touches of the ball yeah <laughs> not like getting lost on some great big field no. you know you're you're in the game um you know and we we do a lot of fun things with them as well especially when you're introducing a game you don't want to you know make it so hard that they're going to go Ugh, I, I can't do this yeah. I don't to do this anymore um but that's been our way of of introducing the sport and then bringing kids to games um letting them actually you know part, like participate and see or feel the excitement when you when you actually go into a stadium mm. and for some kids it's the first time they you know they've ever been to a, a football game a soccer game um so that's you know another another way that we we do that and we actually have a scheme with our season ticket holders that if they can't go to a game um, but would like to donate their ticket, they can. And then they come to me in the community relations department. Mm. And we can bring some more kids to the game. So oh, yeah. it's pretty. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. That's a great idea. Yeah. It- is it, I mean, how does it work over there now, you know, in terms of ticket entry? Because obviously, you know, like say, you know, they've got baseball, they've got hockey, they've got football, uh, and come to soccer. What is the comparison in the, in the cost? Because obviously you go to baseball, that's a long ass day, right? That's a long day when you go to watch baseball, isn't it? It's like, I don't know, five hours, six hours you're there. Come to, to, to football, as I call it, soccer, hour, you know, a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I mean, baseball is obviously like, kind of like cricket. So yeah. Uh, it was never my favorite when I was in England. I just couldn't sit still for that long. That <laughs> yeah. I know people just drink all day. and <laughs> Yeah, it's all right if you've got a picnic and a couple of beers, but right. <laughs> and the yeah. sun's out, then it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think in comparison, soccer is still um, uh, a, a reasonable amount. It's not mm. near what you would pay for a lot of the other sports. Right. Um, especially the supporter section you know you you know that a lot of the folks and by no means all because there are crazies in every <laughs> in every occupation um but you obviously want to keep the price where families can come but mm. also open your your more low income uh, supporters you, mm. you want them to be able to come so we we are, there's obviously like every sport there's a range of 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 prices so you can mm. be in section um obviously the other end of the stadium the lower bowl the upper bowl and then we obviously have suites and you mm. know experience it's like any other i mean we, yeah we're five and a half thousand um seats so how many sorry you cut out then i missed what you said how many sorry seats? twenty five thousand five hundred. right yeah yeah so there's a range of pricing that hopefully you know kind of fits every <laughs> every pocket mm. is, is the idea. but yeah it's still um what i would say a more blue collar sport right uh, you know where it, it is your you know the good people of this country who want to come mm. um, you know and it, but I, but i think again one of the things that i love is looking around our stadium and seeing our community reflected back so it's every color ethnicity you know walk of life religion sexuality Mm. matter um you know if you're wearing city or pride colors you are in the tribe Mm. you know it's that tribe it is a tribal sport i think yeah (laughs) more than any of the others it really is a tribal sport um and one of the joy for, joys for me is going out on a weekend and not even on a game day and seeing people in purple and 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 the purple and blue for the pride is seeing people wearing our jerseys everywhere everywhere we go um and i just you know as someone like i say when we first came here and and nobody knew who we were and there had been two Major league, what year were they? Major league, yeah, major league soccer teams here that had failed. Right. Um, so there was a, a a healthy dose of skepticism about whether we would ever be able to make it. Mm. Uh, so as as someone who was here for the and obviously in the very beginning and has seen it grow in this incredible way, um, it, it's just it's wonderful to walk around and see 
like I say, see our colors everywhere. We have um, car magnets. Mm. So we we kind of started a craze. Um, we had a, an amazing um, female uh, market. She was head of our marketing department. And they were the ones who came up with all the crazy ideas in the beginning. Uh, and some of them were crazy, let me tell you. <laughs> A truck with um, like a gobo that you could shine up onto the buildings at night with our logo on. Brilliant. Uh, we did a lot of kind of guerrilla marketing. Um, yeah. He was the one who came up with with the magnets, and we did this campaign. And it was it was you could only get a magnet on a Monday. Right. It was Magnet Monday, and of course, when you when you create scarcity, everyone wants. Yeah. Fear of missing out. Oh, it became this thing. Like I've had my, I've had it stolen off my car three, three times in one day. Is the, (laughs) is the record. Um, (laughs) People went crazy for them, and you know we would, we would cover our truck in magnets, and then we'd put clues on social media, Mm. and and it would just say, if you find it, take one. You know, if you find one, take one. So would go looking for it and it was oh my gosh so much fun um we would we would do drive-bys you could drive through and we'd slap one on the back of your car and, <laughs> again. Um, but it became a thing um you know and, and I love seeing them you know everywhere and obviously yeah. anyone who comes and visits gets magnets to take home Brilliant. so I know there's some of them driving around in England <laughs> yeah, yeah I need to get one I'm like I, I want to come to the stadium I've already seen the shirts by the way and I love the shirt I love the new shirt the women's shirt oh the Orlando uh, Pride shirt is off really, the job. yeah it's no it's lovely yeah it's really yeah, really nice so I definitely yeah. got to get one of those and now I want a magnet <laughs> it's a great vibe that is well what a serious question here though you know because obviously there have been a lot of failure um in, in Orlando what made you and your other founders think that you you were the difference that you could be successful at you know creating this team and making it work yeah um I think first of all we'd spent three years in Austin um Texas mm. so we, we we knew the business side of it we just couldn't get it momentum going in Austin at that time it's kind of ironic that they have a team coming in next year this right. year this year mm. um, so we, we we kind of knew the business piece of it we just realized that we were in the wrong place and we'd gone to united soccer leagues and said we're out like mm. we can't do this anymore we're losing money hand over fist you know we're still playing in a high school football stadium we mm. can't sell here you know this is just not not working and so mm. they a few markets that either wanted new investment or they said we've announced a team in Orlando and the ba- the backers has ducked out like he's come up into some financial trouble and he can't do it anymore please will you look at Orlando so you know I was very you know the, the Brit I'm like oh it's just Disney you know <laughs> I can't imagine that they're going to want a team, but we flew in um, and we're just so impressed. And I think that the, there was a lot of things. They have an amazing airport. Um, everyone flies to Orlando. So we knew that, that, that it was a great destination place. The climate is obviously great. Mm. Uh, but one of the bigger pieces was, and, and we'd already by this point started to think, let's go big. Like we'll start as an, as a USL team, but MLS is our ultimate destination. We want to be an MLS team. Mm. So, you know, what would that roadmap look like? And at the time when you looked on a map of the US, there was nothing in the East at all. Mm. As far as Texas and DC, and that was it. There was nothing. So we knew at some point MLS was going to have to expand um, into the southeast Mm. i think that was the another driving factor of why orlando um and it's been honestly i can't tell you what an amazing uh welcoming warm experience it's been um and one of the one of the big factors for us was the mayor of orlando um buddy dyer if you're listening buddy 
<laughs> who who saw the vision and and you know he hadn't grown up with soccer he didn't really know anything about it but he had this vision for his city and so there was only Orlando Magic here so they're the only yeah. other league team um they already had one big stadium obviously Camping World Stadium they have the beautiful Amway Arena where the Magic play it's gorgeous yeah um, and he wanted more sports and culture. So um, he was instrumental in opening doors for us in, you know, um, bringing people to the table and saying, you need to talk to these people. Like they're mm. going to, you know, this team's going to work. Um, and that was, you know, one of the biggest factors was him helping us get established in the community. Mm. And having an advocacy group that was made up of um, influences and not the kind that are on TikTok. These, <laughs> these are influences in the community, you know, big business, yeah. um, Disney, Universal, SeaWorld, you know, all those, those, those big companies who we would give them, you know, updates every week so that when pe they were out there in the community and talking and someone said, oh, you know, have you heard about this team and what do you yeah. think? You could go, oh yes, you know, here's what they're going to do and this is going to be amazing. Um, so yeah, it, it worked. And, you know, we, we have an incredible band of supporters. Um, and I think, you know, they, it felt like they were just here waiting for a team to come because they just appeared from everywhere. And, you know, everyone says, oh, we live in a diverse community. We really do. Mm -hmm. um, we People represented from so many different cultures and countries here who grew who like me grew up playing or 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 supporting soccer or football mm. uh, and so you know everyone came together and and you know it's just this amazing amazing thing so thank you Orlando because you <laughs> yeah well I hope no, many people for, from Orlando will listen to the this podcast um you know I want to make the podcast to you know global actually i've got some great athletes from across the world that are going to be on it so it's great but i'm fascinated with um like i say soccer um when i'm referring to american football uh, soccer football it's confusing <laughs> but i am fascinated by it <laughs> hence why you know angel city i'm really invested in, in understanding that and watching that journey um yeah. and how they're and the things that they're doing there and obviously you know i've, I've seen all i'm a big fan of marta um i know you know um Oh my God, Alex! You've got some incredible players in, in that Orlando Pride. You really have. Um, and I, but the overarching thing is that the visibility of women's sport. And you know, I know you're out there. You're promoting Orlando Pride, and you guys are doing an amazing job. Like you say on social media, I see it everywhere. Um, and I want to do my little bit. Hence, why I wanted to bring you on here to talk about Orlando as a whole. But you know, Orlando Pride. So you know, hopefully, you get new ears on what you're all about. So. You know, following on from that, obviously the men's game is strong for Orlando, Orlando City. The women's game, not so much. You've only got 10, 10 um, teams or cities playing. How is, you know, how is you going to grow the game? Do you see growing the game for Orlando Pride and the NWSL as a whole? Because, you know, you, you know, it's a huge country. You need like you know, more than 10 sides in it. And that's great. Angel City are coming in and there's some incredible people that are behind that club. And I hope that really helps other cities come on board. Um, where do you see the future and what is it that you guys think you can do to help your women uh, and the game as a whole? Yeah. And I think, and you know, this from talking on, on clubhouse, um, you know, and there, there, there are numerous conversations going on um, sometimes every day. Uh, and, and I've loved listening by the way, because yeah. there's so many young inspirational young women coming up through the ranks who are supportive of each other as mm. well I love hearing you know all the young a lot of them the young players who come on clubhouse and encourage and support each other in such amazing ways and you know they're hopefully going to you know be part of that that future mm. but one of the things we talked about a lot is the image of the game and how do we change some of those mindsets around you know the women's game is too slow or it's not exciting enough or you know how do we change those mindsets 
And one of the things we, we talked about on Clubhouse the other week was the, the television piece of this. And mm -hmm. so, and I don't know the figures for, for, for Europe or, or Britain, but I know over here, it's only 4% of, of um, televised sport is, is women's sport. Mm. And it's not just that, it's the way it's presented. Mm. And so if you contrast the, you know, the two, you know, the build-up to a men's game to the build-up to a women's game, um, if you contrast how many cameras there are at a game and how many angles you can see that goal being scored, mm. versus, you know, getting, you know, one replay of, of, of the women's, yeah. uh, you know, the, the caliber of, of, of everything around that production needs to improve. Mm. Um, you know, the marketing of, of the game, um, you know, we, we just, those are, those are some of the big pieces. We need more sponsorship, um, league-wide sponsorship as well. Mm. You know, if you contrast the two, you know, MLS have a, a lot of league-wide sponsorship that helps pay for, you know, a bunch of things. Um, so I, th I think the biggest piece is, is an attitude shift. Mm. And we need everyone on board for that. And, and we need, you know, and again, we've talked about this on Clubhouse, we need our male allies yeah. to ones who will will step up and help us mm. uh, you know change those those mindsets and there's a lot of guys out there who've been amazing who are supportive mm. and you know who who really want to help um you know we just we just need to to get more and more of them and like I say we we need a, a good television deal you know the last one of the things that puts people off watching is if you have to go searching everywhere to yeah. find where that game is being played mm. it's dating and it's off-putting and you're like oh you know i've got to watch a, a stream mm. it's not good it's going to cut out um you know like I say i'm i'm not going to you know if they score i'm not going to get a replay mm. all those kinds of things it makes it seem second rate even when obviously the the soccer on the field is amazing mm. um so those are some of the things, but but that's going to take investment. That's going to take some big dollars. It's going to take some of these, you know, billionaires to look at women's uh, owning a women's team instead of a of a men's. Mm. And it's chicken and egg, you know. <laughs> yeah. They're not gonna do that unless they see it as a as a, a proposition that's that you know unless you've got so much money that it's a hobby, if you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Where you know you're not worrying about the return on your investment. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what, what it's going to take, unfortunately, because we know the standard is there. We know how well these, these women play, mm. uh, you know, and, and it's how do you turn that every four year World Cup fever that yeah. especially here, every, so every, suddenly everyone's a soccer fan. Mm. I mean, suddenly everyone oh, happens. Yeah, for sure. You know, you know, I'm not rugby's not my biggest um it's probably the least with cricket, but if there's World Cup rugby on, I'm watching it. I'm watching every game. You know, it, you just do. You do, you're, you're absolutely yeah. right. We get that fever and we get pulled along with everyone else, and we're riding the wave together. But it's keeping that wave going, isn't it? When yeah. the competition is over, um, yeah, it happens exactly. with Olympics in certain cities. Yeah. When you have an Olympics in a, you know, like yeah. when we had it here, in London, the whole country ah. got behind it and yes. sport grew. But it's keeping it going. Yeah, and it's how do you tap that momentum and mm. get those casual fans, if you like, who who are the, the four-year fan, mm. um, how do you get them to say, oh my gosh, I love that so much, I need to have more. Um, so yeah, it's, and <laughs> happily that's not my area of expertise. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you leave I'm, that to someone else. <laughs> that's, but I mean, obviously, part of my my role is doing this: is is speaking engagements, is talking, mm. it's you know encouraging other yeah. people to people, um, you know. And I am passionate about doing that, and happy to keep keep on doing that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's that accessibility as well, isn't it? And you know, access is always a huge thing. And you know, access to play, but access to watch, like you're quite rightly talking about. You know, like I'm really keen to start watching you know, more uh, the NWSL starting up this weekend. And it's like, right, where can I watch it? And, right. you know, it's stream, but for me, we have to go on Twitch, um, which is, so I'll use that. It's not great, but I'll use it. Um, 
but I wish it was, you know, I need it on mainstream TV. I need, you need to create a path of least resistance, right? So, um, you, and I know for, I was going to say, and I know for MLS, a lot of the games are, are on Sky. Mm. Uh, you know, we've got, there's a um, MLS, uh, there's an Orlando City UK uh, supporter group. Oh, okay. They have, they're, they're on Twitter. Mm. Uh, there's a podcast. You guys should get on a podcast together. That would be just, kind of Yeah, I need to do that. I'll, so that's, that would be great. Yes, please do. But they have, they have watch parties when they could, obviously not, not last year because yeah. of the pandemic, but they've had watch parties together, um, you know, or they'll, they'll be me messaging each other while they're watching the game, mm. uh, you know, and they've become, you know, quite a, a solid unit over there because, you know, they're united in their love for, for Orlando City. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, but they can watch the games sometimes. Mm. It's a crazy o'clock at night, but <laughs> yeah, that's my biggest challenge with watching the NWSL is the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I did look, and they're like, I think it's Friday, isn't it? It starts. I think it's Friday. Uh, the, uh, it's the fourteenth for the the girls. Is the fourteenth? Is is the challenge cup? Is it the challenge cup that comes yeah. first? Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, I that's the first game in. Yeah, that's the first home game. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think it's Friday. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 7 p.m. Awesome. for your time, yeah. which is like, well, I don't know, but I'll be asleep. <laughs> yeah, eight, eight o'clock. Oh, gosh, yeah. You're just yeah, no way. yeah. So, and I'm not sure. I've had, I've asked the question, but I'm, not, I'm assuming I can watch replays on Twitch, which I'm hoping I can. Um, right. So I want, I want yeah. to see our, the game. Our first one is Saturday at 7. So, right. yeah, that's what are you um, about? Five, 10. Yeah, five. Five, yeah. So that's sort of like, yeah, I'll be asleep. <laughs> but I will try and watch it on replay. I'm hoping that I can watch it on replay. But it is that piece, you know. I've got, you know, I've got my. I'm interested in it because, you know, I'm passionate about sports. But we want to make it for easy for people to watch and yeah. to see. And I think the quality that you know the female players that you've got, your national team just proves that. You know, national team has been freaking amazing for so long you know really really has and yet it struggles with this league so we really need to get behind it and you know get more people watching it get more people involved yep. so more teams come up around you know the, around the US and and that makes a, the get the game globally better and more women get involved and which is you know the piece that I really you know want to encourage uh, more than and anything I've loved, I've loved watching it grow in England um, mm, it's been amazing it has and I think there was a world cup effect there I think, mm. you know, the women doing, the, the, the Lions doing so well, Lioness is doing so well in the World Cup. Gave a and at the Olympics, we had the Team GB that did well as well. That really yeah. helped. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, teams like, like Man City, who, you know, released that video with the, what was it called? Same Passion, Same, mm. I can't remember. But it was it was a, a mixed video of the two teams basically saying we play on the same stadium, mm. we play, we all wear cleats, we play with the same ball. Mm. You know, it's team one one passion. Mm. Um, that's what we need more of. Yeah. Is you know the 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 men's teams who who have the dollars or the pounds. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, getting together and really helping push the game. Um, yeah. One of the one of the great things for again going back to the Pride jersey release was how many of the the guys took photographs of themselves wearing it. Yeah, or, I saw that and posting them on Instagram and you know just just really supporting mm. the team. And I think that those kinds of things, you know, you can't put a price on that. Those, no. those things really help. Um, because that's them saying, you know, we're we're all one city and we're all one team and we support each other and we're family and, you know, it's like going to watch your sister play or your brother. Yeah, exactly. And I think it is bringing the men on board, like you're talking about male allies earlier on, but it, that is really important. And you know, some of the footballers as they come up and they come up through and they get older, they get married, they have kids, they have, might have a daughter, they might only have yeah. daughters. Well, you know, you, surely you want your daughter to have access to play in any sport she wants to play or to play football right. uh, and have the same 
um, you know, possibilities and opportunities that you had. And I think that that does help. You know, I see Ian right here. He talks about women's football a lot. He's a, he's a great ally for us. And I love that. And, you know, he, he's, a, he's a son, you know, he's got a mother, he's got a sister, he's got, you know, kids. It's, and that's where it comes from. You know, you've got to understand, would you want your sister to have the same opportunities or your cousin, your female cousin? Of course you would. You want them to have that op opportunity. So that's why we need the men to come on board and, you know, get rid of this old old boy network <laughs> girls, don't, girls, girls don't play yeah exactly yeah we need to we need to get rid of that yeah we do oh so you have your own podcast you were saying you're orlando is it is it the for the men's game or is it is it a mixed not podcast? me no not me it's, as in orlando city yeah. oh gosh there's there if you look up orlando city podcast it will come up with probably about 20 mm. right <laughs> there, okay there a lot of people yeah a lot of people do podcasts about about us which is amazing um, yeah the, the one i was talking to you about his name's taylor and and i'll connect you via twitter thank you because he's the one who who lives in the uk but is passionate passionate about orlando city so i'll put you in touch no that'd be great yeah i'd really love to chat to him i'm assuming yeah. you're him yes yeah yeah. Um, yeah awesome awesome but you never know <laughs> no taylor is it could be either way couldn't it it could be either it's like way. kelly you know kelly can well and you're yeah. sam yeah, I'm Samantha, <laughs> but I just forget the, the rest of it and I'm Sam only. Um, well, a couple, of, a couple of final points, I guess, really. One is um, obviously talking about the, the difference between the men and the women's game. There is obviously this all this always this conversation over there, and we have it here, um, about money and about how the players are paid. Um, how does that work over there? Like, I know, but obviously the listeners, uh, you know, this is for the benefit of them, really, how it works over there. Yeah, you know, and, and I think, again, fairly recently, because MLS has, has become so successful, mm. um, we're finally able to pay, you know, even the most junior players, um, you know, a, a decent salary now. That still hasn't happened in, in the women's game. Um, mm. And I think until again until it's more successful and there there is more sponsorship and there you know there's more money in the game unfortunately that will continue to be true and what you find is a lot of the younger players will go off and play a second season so a lot of our players once our season finishes in october hmm. will go to australia and they'll hmm. play a season over there and get paid because they'll you know they'll get paid hmm. For, for that season um so there's still a huge discrepancy in in salary and obviously you know it's been pretty well documented that the the national team yeah you know have been in court about it um which you know is is some of the things you know i despair sometimes because some of the things were so easy to fix hmm. why would you give so, so when players travel, they get a per diem. They get money per day that you can, you know, you have maybe a team meal, mm. one team meal, but then the, the, the rest, you, you know, your breakfast or your lunch or whatever, you can go get on your own. Mm. How would you give the men different to the women? I know. <laughs> you know, it's such an easy solve, that one is. Yeah. The travel, you know whether they, however many of them are in a room together, um, where you sit on the plane, all those things are so easy to sort out. And why are you treating mm. men differently to men? Um, the rest of it is a, is a lot more complicated. Um, but again, bonuses for winning, you know, national team games. Mm. I don't, you should be paying the women more, excuse yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I agree, because it's been so successful. The women's national team has just been so successful, yet they don't get paid. Um, yeah, amazing. but I know, it's, I know it's, it's, it's not as easy as that. I know there's a lot more complication to it, but some of those things are so easily solved mm. um, and, and, and so obvious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they are continuing that fight. Um, yes, I saw um, Megan and... Um, and she's, I mean, Megan is what a great spokesperson. She's, Amazing. She's passionate. Um, she's able to very well articulate what she wants to get across. Mm. Um, you know, and she's, she's, she's a mover and shaker. She really yeah. is. 
um, you know, and it's great to see her be this spokesperson um, for the for the for the team. Mm, oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, it is incredible. Um, and, you know, she's becoming, you know, you know, I think most people know who she is now, don't they? Yeah. You know, it's you know, there's there's a few people like that in sport that you, everyone knows. But actually, I would say that Megan's probably up there. You know, you can say Usain Bolt. Everyone knows who Usain Bolt is. Right. Cristiano Ronaldo. Everyone knows who he is, you know. But I feel, feel you know, there's not many women, sadly, you know, that you can think, well, who, who you know, name me uh, as in any sport, any woman that's probably known globally that whether you're really into your sport or not, you know, right. Megan's becoming one or probably is, you know, most people know who Megan Rapino is. Yeah. 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 Serena, I would say as well. Well, yeah, Serena's like, you know, yeah, I love Serena. She's just, yeah. She's a goddess. Yeah, she's she is a goddess. Yeah, she is a goddess. So I think anyone that knows me knows that I think that anyway. Just you know, everything she's and she will speak up and stand up and she's determined, she's athletic, everything that Megan is really, um, for gender equality, fights for gender equality, you know, Serena will do that. And you know, they both had their fair share of um challenges uh, for whatever reason, but they still continue the fight and I admire that in both of them. And yeah, me hopefully too. get both of them on my podcast would be great. <laughs> Dream big. Oh, <laughs> I am not playing small. I am not playing small. Not at all, Kate. Not at all. It's been okay. amazing to talk to you. I'm very conscious of time. Um, thank you so much for being on here. Just to, just give me um, give me what you hope the future will be for you, your Orlando Pride. What do you hope the next 12 months will look like for you guys? Um, well, obviously, I would love us to win. Yeah. <laughs> I want us to win everything this year. Yeah. Um, which would You've got be, a great team. You've got a great team. Yeah, we do. We really do. Uh, great manager. Um, we now have um, uh, an executive vice president who's also female, mm. uh, Duffy, who actually worked for an, in the NWSL uh, league office. So she oh, okay. had, and she was a player. Mm. She has really great all-around knowledge. Mm. Um, person, if you want her for your podcast, um, I was just I just wrote down her name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she's she's amazing. Um, mm. really is, and I think that that's helped change mindsets a little bit within the club. Mm. Um, where what it's a good and a bad thing when you share staff because mm. you know they can get pulled away because something's happened with City. Mm. You know, maybe we've made a new signing, and but there was supposed to be this happening for the Pride, and you know, right. sometimes there's a there's a tug and talk, tug and pull on that mm. having someone finally who is um you know in charge of the team as a whole and, and in charge of of pushing everything forward i think we, we we're definitely going to see some momentum this year because of her so mm. it's yeah great Do you, one one other question before uh, is around that or well, not around that really is how uh, I'm, I'm hoping that, to get the answer that I want but how you because obviously I've seen it uh, sadly there's been stuff in the press of over here about Birmingham City and and they've obviously got the men's team and they've got the women's team and how the women are getting treated unfairly and all the players have signed a petition or signed a letter to the board um, about certain things that are happening that they're not getting that the men are getting training facilities um, all sorts of things. Um, how is it there for you uh, within uh, Orlando as a club? Do you, everything the men get, do the women get? Like, I, I don't know what your men get. You know, I'm assuming they get ther all their therapists and whatever. I don't know if they get, you know, obviously someone like me to support them or a psychologist or whatever, but whatever they get, do the women get exactly the same? They do. They do. I think the only thing I, um, and certainly staff wise, and, you know, and I know sometimes, when players come, they don't realize they're going to get their breakfast and lunch, you yeah, know, right. small things like that, especially in the beginning of NWSL when, you know, some of the teams were, you know, not in a, in a great state and we would get someone who'd come from another team and they'd be just like, Whoa, what is happening here? Yeah. Um, this is amazing. I think the, the, the difference, and, you know, I'm sure this is something the players would, would say is they are in two different training facilities. Right. Um, and you know the girls one is is great um but the guys is is better you know right. they or they've got a cryo room whatever it is you know when they go mm. in after make yes. sure madness 
Yeah, uh, but they have one of those and they have those big baggy trousers that you put on and you see, yeah. you know, so, so those things, not yet. So that would definitely be my hope um, for the pride that there, you know, there's equality, but not quite equity yet. Right. Okay. Okay. So we're, I, I would hope for that, but again, it's all dollars, you know, mm. and that's part of the issue. Um, you know, the budget is different um, because it has to be. Mm. So, you know, we just need more people to come. Yes. Well, you know, hence what, you know, I want to get you on this podcast and hopefully some, you know, maybe some of your players and Amanda as well. It'd be great to have you guys on here because, you know, I'm here. I want to, you know, I want to celebrate you guys and what you're doing. And, you know, I love the league. So, yeah, I want, I want more people to know about it. So, you know, let, let's, cool. let's, let's I can raise send the visibility. Awesome. Kay, thank you so, so much for giving me an hour of your time. I really, really appreciate it. It's been great to, to get to know a bit about you, but about Orlando City and Orlando Pride and what's happening over there. Um, yeah, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. You've been listening to The Real Life Sports Show. I hope you found some value and joy in this podcast. If you have, then please tell someone else about it. And also, while you're at it, why not leave me a five-star review? Also, you can share it on your socials. You'll find me mostly on Instagram at Sam Adams Coach. You can also check me out at my website, sam-adams.com. Send any comments or any interest in coaching or speaking to my Instagram. Just drop me a DM. I look at all my messages and I respond to every single one of them.